Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson. We are live at the Save on Meats restaurant in East Vancouver. Our first guest on today's episode is Stella Soul. Stella Soul are an eclectic musical trifecta that tastefully fuses the sounds of pop, electronic soul, and jazz. The band has spent the majority of 2019 putting the finishing touches on their debut LP, Cherry Street, which by the sound of their first couple of singles promises to be one of the strongest local releases of the year. Let's do a quick round of introductions. What's your name and what do you play? Hi James, first off, thanks for having us in the studio here. My name's James, and I'm a keyboard player. I also sing, uh, I write lyrics for the band, and, uh, and horn parts, uh, and that's uh, string parts, that's about it. Hi guys, my name's Cameron, I am the drummer, percussionist, and producer for Stella Soul. And I am Kentia, and I'm the vocalist for Stella Soul. Thanks for coming on. Um, how did you each get your start in music? Well, I've been playing piano since I was very young. My dad is a keyboard player, and uh, he's really into you know Beatles and uh, Stones, Bowie, all of that. So uh, I used to hang out under his grand piano while he'd just be hammering away. And uh, you know, I was easy to find love there. And uh, you know, as the years went on, I found a piano teacher that really suited my uh, personality. And we really clicked, and he would just, you know, teach me song after song. I'd pick him up by ear, and eventually uh, decided that's what I want to do for my life. I went off to music school, and uh, here we are. Yeah, not not too far off uh, in the same path as me. For uh, when I was growing up, drums were sort of where I started with pots and pans and buckets and hitting things, and <laughs> progressed from from that to uh, doing music throughout school and into uh, post secondary. And I've just always done it ever since. Um, and for myself, I always grew up listening to Motown soul music, and it was uh, hard for me not to fall in love with music, so I always sang since I was a kid, um, starting with school choirs, church, and still singing to this day. Good. Yeah, so I read that for each of you, Vancouver is not your first home. Where are you from originally, and how did you wind up in British Columbia? Well, uh, actually, uh, I was born and raised in Vancouver, uh, Grew up in West Vancouver and eventually made my way over to Bowen Island, and uh, that's where I'm living now. I've uh, been on and off the island since I was about 15 years old, and it is really a wonderful place to live, especially if you're into the creative arts. Yeah, for me, I grew up in Ottawa originally, and then uh, as a family, we moved to Kelowna because we weren't too fond of the weather in Ontario. Um, went to high school in Kelowna, then uh, came out to Vancouver for music, and I've just stuck around ever since. Um, and for myself, I'm a prairie girl. I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I moved here four and a half years ago to go to school at Nimbus School Recording. How did you three meet, and what made you decide to form Stella Soul? The three of us all met at uh, a recording school in East Vancouver, uh, Nimbus School of Recording and Music Production. And uh, Kenty and I 
formed Stella Soul uh, in 2017, I believe, and we uh, started touring. We are touring Vancouver, and uh, eventually, uh, you know, we kind of uh, we were touring our first EP, and uh, we decided that, you know, if we really wanted to you know, the kind of success I guess we were driving after, we'd have to maybe potentially write some better songs and uh, restructure the band. So um, that's where Cam kind of made his introduction into Stella Soul, and uh, the rest is history there. Yeah, actually, funny enough, I remember um, James and Kentia were a, a term or two ahead of me when I was going to Nimbus, and I remember one day uh, after class, James had approached me and was like, hey, man, you want to, you know potentially join my band Stella Soul and I was curious at the time and new to the school so I was like yeah sure I'll see what it's all about and I remember we got into a jam uh, in one of the studios and we kind of messed around for an hour and um, you know said everything was looking looking fresh and feeling good and then I didn't hear back from James for probably a uh, a year after that, it was like, okay, so that, that kind of just dropped off the face of the earth. And um, we reconnected uh, probably le a bit less than a year after that first initial meeting. And uh, we rekindled it and uh, just been working on music ever since then. I was going to say, you guys already said everything. So I was like, that was great. <laughs> there you go. And before Stella Soul, what projects were you involved in? And how did your experience with those groups inform your approach to this band? Oh well, I had a uh, I had a band coming out of uh, music college. I went to Selkirk in the Kootenays, and that was a ex great experience. And I had a band called the Redbird Orchestra, and uh, I was a, I still am a big fan of uh, uh, ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra. I think it had some inspiration. I drew some inspiration there from Jeff Lynne, whatever else. And uh, that was great, but uh, yeah, it uh, that you know just like many bands do, fizzled, and. Uh, and this is better. That's, that's what I had. Yeah, happy it did. <laughs> what you can. Or um, actually, I was gonna say, I when I was in Saskatoon, I couldn't really find people to connect with with music, and so finally, when I came to Vancouver, um, being surrounded by so many musicians who are like-minded, I featured on a lot of stuff, and I was like, this is fun, but I kind of want to be on the stage. And then I heard James jamming on a piano in a studio, and then I kind of went in and just sang on top of it and we were like maybe we should do stuff together <laughs> and then when he was in that other band I kind of joined him on stage for one song and then he left that band and we started Stella Soul actually. Yeah funny enough um, for, for me I realized at least in Vancouver um, in the music industry the guitar players and singers are very very popular but uh, drummers are apparently hard to come by so I've been pulled a bunch of different directions by a bunch of different bands uh, who have been looking for drummers so my last band that I was with was uh, Rain City Shakes and that that fell apart because the lead singer dropped out but um, yeah I've always sort of had different projects on the go and different different groups in the background and uh, right now Stella Soul is the the go-to the main one so it's pretty exciting yeah I was gonna say Cam you you made the right decision by sticking with, with drums if you want to guarantee you get work in this city oh yeah absolutely no shortage on that for sure yeah and uh Kentia I had a, a question about something that you had said because you had said that you crossed paths with James when he was playing piano in the studio was it like one of those movie moments where you were just having to be in the same place and you just burst into the room or um i think he was playing first and then i i always walk around the school i think i was probably working there at this time because i work there and uh, i always walk into studios and i just heard him playing some like jazz piano and i was like oh okay like this is so me and then he's like why don't you just sing on top of it and then i think i just did some like gospel singing on top and we were like whoa okay this is fun like let's let's do this again 
Nice. I just yeah. like that moment because it sounds like something out of a like a movie biopic or something. Yeah, like that. it was kind of like a movie. <laughs> He's lucky to have me. <laughs> yes, I am. So, um, what were some of the skills you developed while attending Nimbus that you've been able to apply towards this project? Mine for me is how to deal with people. I feel like because you you learn some psychology there, and it's it's hard to like work with a lot of people. But um, we all have different personalities, I'd say, and I think it's nice that I can understand people in this band at least, just because we're all a bit different and we're structured a bit different. So that's like one of the biggest things for me is just understanding the psychology behind a person, um, which is nice. And I think I grew just by understanding music better, like what. Cameron does in production in Ableton like now I finally understand like what a snare sounds like you know he's he's so good at making a beat and I'm happy that I just understand what he's kind of doing at this point yeah well I think working with people is a huge one um just different artists and and their their way of uh, creating music um is pretty huge to to get a grasp on that uh production was pretty big at Nimbus uh taught me a lot and I just you know anything to do with uh, instrumentation and, and learning how to play with other musicians. Yeah, and, um, you know, personally, I've, for as long as I can remember, I've been uh, just practicing as hard as I can, getting myself to, uh, you know, a, a level of comfort and, and uh, ability where I can, uh, you know, tell a story effectively and people will want to listen because the noise I'm making is uh, pleasurable, so to speak. So uh, a lot of uh, self-improvement with vocals and, uh, you know, piano, some hurdles. And uh, again, working with people was huge. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's, a great, uh, it's great to be an empath in this profession and to really, really understand where uh, other musicians are coming from. And, uh, and yeah, that's uh, been a key element in our uh, you know, success to date so far. And did you folks all have the same specialty when you were at Nimbus, or did you all study different things? Well, uh, I think we all went through the uh, standard engineering and production program, maybe a, a few months less or give it more or less on between us, but we were all there basically in the same thing to learn about uh, advanced audio engineering, you know, micing up a drum kit all the way to micing up anything else to, uh, you know, producing your own record or somebody else's for, for that matter. So we all have roughly the same training from Nimbus, yes. So kind of switching gears a little bit and uh, talking about something that we obviously want to dive into quite a bit considering what you guys have coming up in the next few weeks here. The band spent most of 2019 in the studio working on your debut LP Cherry Street which is due for re release later this month what was your experience like you know really hunkering down in the studio to complete this record it was always um, a pleasure every week it was kind of an escape um, for all of us in a way just to you know not think about the day-to-day -day stresses we would meet every Tuesday at the home studio on Cherry Street and then we would just, you know, spend the day making music, running through ideas, and just really having a good time. Yeah, it uh, seems like a ton of stress sometimes, you know, at the time when you're recording week after week, you know, having to know how much you have to do ahead of you and just it seeming to be like a huge mountain you're going to have to climb but uh it really is until the recording process is over and you haven't done it for a little while it doesn't take you long to realize well that was that was where i belong that was the that was the fun part it's this it's this extra admin stuff after and all the extra hustling that takes place that might be a little bit less fun uh i actually showed up at our producer uh gabe uh, at east boulevard's uh, uh recording studio just a week ago and just 
showing up at the front door, walking up the stairs and going into his studio for the first time in half a year, or, you know, just to do some pre-production for our f next record. We're going to end up recording. Uh, it really made me uh, realize that's that's where I want to be. And uh, so if you're stressed out while you're recording, you know, maybe try to table that stress and uh, you know, think of the positives because it really is uh, it's wonderful to be in the studio recording. That's where I want to be. Yeah, I was going to say it's nice that we all dedicated one day a week on uh, Tuesdays literally to meet up every single time and work on this project. Like, we've changed songs, like one song, like seven times, like literally. <laughs> um, and that's just because we've had it for so long and we just always wanted to just change it because we didn't think it was good enough. But I think we're really excited to finally release the product and share it and then continue and make new stuff. And kind of speaking to, at the very least, the songs that you've released so far, mm -hmm. um, the two singles that you've dropped, Part of Me and Madness Stings, certainly stand out from your debut EP, Final Touch. Did you know from the outset that you were looking to take your sound in a different direction with this release, or was this something that happened organically? Oh, absolutely. I mean, from our first EP that we had, it was really um, set in our old school kind of jazz soul vibes. And, uh, you know, it, it was good. We enjoyed uh, enjoyed it. And there's some certain certainly some great sounds there, but uh, it was a little bit too old and we needed to bring it to the, uh, you know, the 21st century. Uh, and uh, Cam was really uh, a driving factor behind uh, our success there. You know, we had Kenti and I love our R&B, our soul, our jazz, you know, our old roots. And then, uh, you know, bringing Cam into the picture, we really were able to uh, kind of target a more mo modern audience uh, with all these old roots uh, just by uh, incorporating um, electronic music production. And uh, Cam really is a wizard when it comes to electronic music production. Yeah, that, that's something I've always had a passion for is the uh, the electronic side of of music with like anything to do with uh, Calvin Harris, Diplo, uh, Louis the Child, Muramasa. It's always something that I've I found myself uh, drawn to and I've sort of picked a lot of songs apart in Ableton and recreated different versions of electronic music. So I think that was a, a step that I know James and Kentia approached me with was to bring in a little bit of this modern um, uh, you know spark to the music and uh yeah it's been a lot of fun and it's really enjoyable what were some of the i mean you name dropped a few different artists already but what were some of the bands and artists that you were listening to while creating this album were there any records that you were looking to emulate with this release um kind of yeah actually i will name a couple i'd say anderson pax one fkj um and then we all have different background in music which is nice so like i come from like etta james and stevie wonder so like in some of these courses like you hear, hear like a very soulful soulful chorus and then um when cam goes in like he already said miramasa and like who else is there? Louis a child. Yeah. Stuff like that. And like, you know, you can hear that in his production. And then James also has like very interesting writing techniques. And I feel like he has really big influences that inspire that as well. Um, you can probably name a couple. Yeah, of just like, like Bowie, Flo Floyd and, uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix, anything old soul rock or, uh, you know, and then I, Kentia really honestly introduced me into the, the whole Motown soul era. I knew some of it and I had some favorites like Ray Charles, but man, she really, uh, she she really brought the soul to the group and it's it honestly took over my life i i couldn't listen to anything that wasn't in the soul genre for the longest time because i just it i felt like honestly it was the only way to sing <laughs> and so it really has had a true effect over uh over the, how i uh personally sing and uh, also the music i want to create yeah yeah and i was just gonna say with uh cam being 
the the electronic music guy in in the band uh, at the same time I also see he's wearing a rush shirt which I really appreciate yeah one of my many rush shirts it's just it's funny I happen to be wearing this one today um, growing up as a drummer it was you know a huge huge uh, part of my life listening to rush and uh, Neil was a huge inspiration for me watching him on the drums and I was fortunate to see them uh, five times different different shows throughout the years while they were still performing uh, so a lot of my inspiration is is from from Rush and other great bands, Led Zeppelin. I, I love anything with classic rock and uh, rock and roll in general, and um, I kind of try to incorporate that sort of flavor into electronic music as well. Uh, trying to blend a little bit of both worlds in a way to, you know, just make it a little more interesting and unique, if you will. Yeah, and I was gonna say I was also fortunate enough to see Rush on on two occasions, but I kind of am kicking myself that I didn't see, get to see them on their their final tour. But yeah, rest in peace, Neil. Indeed. Now you kind of answered the the question that I sort of had about this, but I wanted to maybe get a little bit more detail. Um, the album titled Cherry Street. I imagine that's where the recording space was. Now, is it like your own? like recording setup or are you working in like a proper studio what's what's the what were you working with yeah it's it's uh it's kind of a living room setup if you will so it's very very homely and comfortable but um we have the the studio monitors set up and the keyboards and the drum set and we have uh the, the food and the snacks and everything so it's 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 i guess half studio half home if you will which is nice for writing music because it just feels comfortable what's your setup I uh, got some HS8s for the monitors, and we've got a couple of different keyboards. Um, I use Ableton mostly, and we just kind of will jump between ideas, uh, writing MIDI tracks in Ableton and programming some drum stuff until till a project comes about. Gotcha. And um, now when it came to recording and then uh, producing, uh, was were there any other individuals who had a hand in like the, the engineering and the mastering and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so one big person's Gabe Miller. He helped us a lot. He's out um, in Blue Light Studios down there, East Boulevard group. Um, yeah, he helped us record a lot of stuff, like vocals. He edited. He even helped a little bit with some production stuff. Um, so he's a really big contender in our band that helps. Um, and then another studio is Hipposonic. We recorded a lot of the piano and keys and then a lot of lead vocals out there. So shout out to Rob Darch and the gang over there. Um, they helped us a lot as well. And then a lot of people played instruments. So we had a bass player, Jeff Quinn, a violin crush, played the violin, Colleen. Um, Charlie played saxophone. Stefan played the bass. Am I miss? Oh, guitar. Stefan played the guitar. I'm sorry. Um, and anyone else? Is that it? Oh, that's it. Yeah, Stefan goes by the uh, pseudonym Mr. C when he's playing his uh, his acts. But now he actually has a rap verse on our uh, second tune on our on Cherry Street, and he goes under the uh, the rap alias uh, Soothsayer Franklin. Soothsayer Franklin, and uh, yeah, it's we're very excited to have him aboard. And uh, to be honest, we scored his brother simultaneously, uh, or not simultaneously, a little after. Torsten uh, will be playing bass for us. So uh, you know, the three of us here on stage, we have our connection 
connection now you know with the guitar and bass player being brothers they already have their long hair family connection oh yeah there's <laughs> stunning young beautiful men. brothers yeah, <laughs> so, yeah they'll, they'll, they'll fit in uh, they'll fit nicely uh, on stage with us and uh, yeah yes. we might have to get Gabe to do some background vocals on stage too oh yeah he's got a honey voice he'd never admit it though <laughs> well yeah I was just gonna say uh, how many of the musicians that were on the recordings are you looking to perform live with yeah, um, well, I, honestly, we're going to have the whole band there minus strings. Uh, we're going to have strings kind of in our ba- in a backing track so mm-hmm. that we can kind of count for it. We're just running out of room on a stage. We've basically got, I think, s- uh, seven, Six, seven seven people total with a, a back an extra background singer. Ooh. And so, uh, yeah, it was getting a little cramped. And uh, so once the, stage is, once, once the stage gets a little bigger, we can maybe create a real orchestra and some real string sections. And uh, But, yeah, for now, you know, they'll fit nicely in our backing tracks. There you go. What was the most challenging track to compose and record? Because I remember Kent just said that there's at least one song that was rewritten like I'm seven times. I'm laughing already. So. I'm like, Madness Stings for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> you guys are good. Yeah, we, we probably redid that track 20 so no, times. Nine, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it was up there. We, we first tracked some MIDI uh, piano and some basic drums programmed into it and as we started working on it things just weren't fitting things just didn't feel right and we kind of you know revamped it so many times that we're like okay let's just you know change the key signature change the chords we'll basically redo it it was like a new track after we uh, tried to fix it so yeah, basically, uh, just with the three of us in, we just kept uh, having, we kept pulling the song, the single, in different directions, and, you know, for about a year, it just, uh, it took many shapes, and uh, finally, we had to get our album off to the mixer, we were running out of time, and uh, I'm like, Cam, like, <laughs> what are we going to do, we're just not going to record, we're not going to send the song off, because it's not quite there, and then I swear, Cam just, like, put his head down, and within, like, a half hour to an hour, had rewritten, like, the verse the hook and like the chorus basically and uh, the music behind it and it just became this whole new song and uh, we're like wow how did i couldn't even believe how it happened but it it did and you can always count on things like that to happen when you're uh you know put people like this in a studio especially you know cam uh he's always blown my mind came down to the wire but we got her done (laughs) yeah there's uh i think that the there's an aphorism uh, pressure makes diamonds or something like that Oh, yes, that, yeah, I like that. That's one of that comes to mind at least. But yeah, mm. really, that down to the wire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard a really nice quote once. Uh, it was that uh, pressure is a privilege. Uh, I think there was a, uh, I think it was a professional young golf player who said that, and uh, it really stuck with me. And yeah, clearly, it is important. Let's see here. Um, let's see. Realize that question is kind of similar to to that one. In a different sense, were there any songs that initially were in one style or one arrangement that changed in a way that really wasn't expected throughout the throughout the process? Like, I remember Bittersweet was a song that changed for us. We had a structure a certain way, and then mm. um, James and Gabe were in the studio together. Gabe was the engineer that helped us out. And, um, yeah, I just remember Gabe telling James, like, you guys should put the course first. And I like, I had to go in. I'm like, that's my baby, this song. You guys are changing my song. And, like, I had to get, like, used to the change. But I was like, okay, 
I like it. I like it. I can do this. I can do this. And then after a while, I just like loved it. So I was like, yeah, this totally works. Like, it's just hard for you when you are so dedicated to a song and there's a change and you're not there for it. And they're like, yeah. am I mad at you guys? <laughs> like, but then I know everyone's doing it for a good reason. So I'm like, okay, I'm not mad. I like it. So it was a good call on Gabe for that. And James agreed with him. And then we all agreed. Um, but I would say Bittersweet was one of the songs that changed, at least for me, where I was like, whoa. Yeah, I think the rest kind of stayed except for madness stings of course yeah that was a strange when we stuck the chorus up front uh on bittersweet like you said and yeah <laughs> and uh by and large what input did um gabe have in terms of the process for you folks oh well yeah he was great he was basically along as soon as we had all the songs written and we were ready to take him to the studio basically we had composed uh uh, MIDI strings and MIDI horns and MIDI piano and now, now once we had the shells of the track it was time to take him to the studio and uh, Gabe facilitated his, um, a space uh, with his gear where we could basically uh, track uh, each session musician we needed to we bring him in and we do them all at a studio and uh, you know it, it was a, it was it was a tough go sometimes but sometimes it went smoothly just like anything and um, so he was a part of, he was basically, when it came to the instrumentals, he really shunned as an engineer. Uh, he graduated from Nimbus as well. And uh, man, we were very lucky. To, uh, sometimes I listen back and the sounds of the saxophone and the guitars and the, everything we got, the strings, it was just truly unreal. And it was just because of his superior miking techniques and gear we were using. And then um, in post, uh, later on with vocals, maybe, Kenty, did you want to... Yeah, like I was probably at his studio like three to four times a week, just adding any background vocals to like stuff that James and him did. And if James couldn't go, like I just go and add anything I could. And James would go like we would just switch off days going to the studio at uh, Gabe's. On Instagram, he's Jabril, by the way, J-U-B-R-I-I-E-L, if anyone ever needs vocals or anything like that done. But yeah, he helped us like a lot, like with vocals and editing. And he came to the studio when we were at Hipposonic and just making sure like he can have an input to help us out at any time, which was nice because, yeah, it's always nice to have somebody like outside of the band help us out with ideas. Yeah, he definitely has a solid brain when it comes to you know, like the production of the tracks. So uh, it was really great to have... You know, you get precious with your tracks, and that's the hardest thing as an artist is trying to um, uh, uh, trying to part ways with that. You know, being overly precious with each tracks because you're only going to hinder you're only going to hinder your track. It's not going to become as great as it can be if you're not open to other people's opinions, and that's a really tough one. But uh, you know, once you can, you know, you build that solid team, and you it just comes down to trust. And uh, yeah. you know, we really trust Gabe, and uh, you know the product shows. You know, it, we, no, nothing what we came uh, recorded could have been done with just us. You know, it was a team that we had put together, and uh, that's what it came down to. Your debut EP, Final Touch, was released two years ago now. Um, how do you feel the band has evolved since you put the finishing touches on that selection of songs? Wow, uh, in many ways, you know. Um, Again, with the uh, addition of, uh, we basically, after Final Touch, we toured that album around Vancouver for a bit, but uh, eventually Kenty and I realized that, uh, you know, uh, we kind of wanted to change our sound, and uh, so we broke the band up just to uh, the two of us and put it back together again, more or less, and the first person was Cam. He came aboard, and uh, basically the three of us in this, uh, you know, uh, 
three-way partnership, everybody contributing as you know as equally as possible, which is how is the ideal situation. Uh, you know, you, the product uh, that we ended up with is is nothing that just Kenty and I could have come up with on our own, and uh, so therefore, you know, Cameron was a, a big big change for us, and uh, the music has gotten a lot deeper, uh, I believe. Cool. <laughs> Um, what are some of your goals for the Cherry Street record? How are you looking to grow your audience with this new release? Um, I think our biggest thing is we do have a show coming up, which I'm sure you'll probably want to talk about later, but we have a show at the end of the month. We want it to be really big. We want a lot of people to hear about us, people that don't even know we exist yet, because, um, yeah, I don't know. Vancouver's not that big in the music industry, I feel like, so it'd be nice to kind of just blow up in the city that we're already in and then kind of go from there. I think some big goals is touring also really soon with Cherry Street and having people know the singles that we're releasing, which would be really nice. Um... But yeah, I think that's what I could say. Yeah, we're going to have some merch. And we're going to be selling merchandise, Cherry Street merch and single merch and stuff like that at our show coming up. And, uh, you know, aside from, you know, touring and recording more and uh, just really growing as a band. Yeah, playing some festivals as well over the summer. It's going to be a big one. We're applying for a lot of those and seeing what we can uh, get our fingers on. Yeah, exactly. We're coming down to the wire here, but uh, or it looks like we're going to get this album just in time to potentially get a few festival spots here this summer, so uh, looking forward to that. Definitely. One of the ways I know you folks have planned to promote the new materials, you have two music videos on the horizon for Part of You and for the currently unreleased track, Floating. Without spoiling too many details, what was it like crafting your first music videos together? Well, um, I can imagine it's going to be really great when it happens. We haven't quite gotten around to it yet, uh, just being so busy. Um, but uh, it is uh, in the process. And, of course, yeah, there will be a couple of music videos to, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, add some, you know, add the visual medium for people. I'm sure they'd appreciate that. And it would be a great, uh, great way to hype up, you know, uh, hype up those particular songs, yeah. Who are you working with on the clips? Well... Oh, yeah, yeah uh, we're going to be working. Uh, well, basically, uh, the videographer. We're not. We're not uh, sure of who we're going to end up working with for these music videos because, again, we've kind of fallen behind of that this particular uh, bit. But uh, we're working closely with uh, Garth Collins out of Time Lapse, and he's just a, a rolodex of connections and uh, just a business. He's got his own uh, business. He's pushing uh, Time Lapse, and it's a uh, it's a great. Uh, videography business and he works with a lot of musicians and uh, a lot of artists and a lot of photographers videographers and so uh, he's kind of uh, uh, been helping us out with uh, connections and inspiration and so uh, we'll likely be working with him uh, with the creation of these videos we've hinted about it at it uh, a little bit but when is your next show and what do you have planned for this performance so um, our album release show is February 29th at Fortune Sound, um, and it starts at, actually, Doors will be at 7.30, show will start at 8, we'll be on at 9. Um, we have a couple amazing openers, actually, Tris and Maddie King are going to be opening up for us. Um, so it'll be exciting to kind of have some soul um, artists open, soul rock as well, because everyone has background in that in this band. Um, so we have that, and then just honestly, just 
us being able to play live again, I think is one of our biggest things. I think we've missed it so much because, you know, me and James were performing live so, so much like a couple years ago, um, like three to four times a month where now we have not performed live in a long time. And now I think we're excited to just go on the stage and like be able to perform, sing songs that we've worked hard on, sing some old songs, sing some covers, kind of, you know, get Cam on that drum kit finally because he's been on the laptop doing his wizard thing on Ableton. So it's going to be nice to have amazing music musicians um behind us supporting us and helping us you know release this music and share it with everyone just because we have so many people that have been kind of waiting for this as well yeah we were all really aching to get on stage and start performing again it's been quite a while about a year and a half probably since we started tracking this record and uh you know shut down the last uh stella soul one so to speak we're at stole stella soul two now so <laughs> i guess and uh it's been about a year and a half since we've really been on a stage and uh, it'll be a it'll be a good time. And you mentioned that most of the performers who worked on the album will also be on stage with you folks? Yeah, everyone except for the violin is going to be on stage for us. So we'll have bass, uh, guitar, saxophone. James will be playing keys and vocals, Cam on the drums, um, and I'll be singing as well. And then you can get tickets on our Instagram, actually, so Stella Soul Music, if you guys want tickets to the show at Fortune. Yeah, pretty much everyone's going to be there, um, except for the violin. There's also a few components for percussion. If if I had four arms, I could play, but uh, they're going to be in the backing tracks for some of the elements, but otherwise it's going to be 99% live. Good stuff. And uh, when will listeners be able to check out the record? Oh, it's this upcoming Friday on all streaming platforms. You'll be able to find it. Uh, make sure to, uh, uh, keep up to keep up to date with us on... Uh, Instagram, Stella Soul Music again, and we'll be able to, there'll be tons of posts and uh, hyping it up. But yeah, this coming Friday, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, you'll be able to find Cherry Street, our nine-song full-length LP. February 21st is the date, to be exact. <laughs> February 21st, this Friday. Excellent. Do you have any set plans in place for touring and festivals, or is that still a work in progress at the moment? No set plans for touring. This first show at uh, at Fortune is the first uh, mm -hmm. is our first show as a group, and uh, after that, it's just going to be a matter of uh, a really. We've already got like a pretty banging EPK ready to go, and we're going to fire that off as far as we can. And uh, we're going to take the Stella wagon. We've got this '92 Volkswagen Eurobus on the road, and we'll probably <laughs> take it as far east as Saskatchewan because already we have a following out there. Because Kentia, being the queen of empathy she, she is has tons uh, she's very popular and uh, especially out in her hometown and they're all aching to have us out there so i think it'd be really special for us to make the trip all the way to saskatoon and that's the best time of the year to go to saskatoon <laughs> yeah let's summer. go in the summer please the summer. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm not going in the winter i do that during christmas <laughs> so you always have a white christmas <laughs> i always do have a yeah. white christmas um let's see here where was I? Sorry, my brain's not working. I how, think we're talking about shows. <laughs> yes. Um, how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything Stella Soul is up to? Yeah, so our Instagram account <laughs> is basically our, our most traveled, and uh, we uh, that's the one we're, we, we work on as, the most we can. Uh, we also have a website, but uh, yeah, our Instagram account can uh, stay up to date on all of our upcoming events and uh, anything else at uh, Stella Soul music <laughs> Stella Soul Music is our Instagram account and then also we're on Facebook we're kind of on Twitter but 
we'll get better at it with time. Um, and then, yeah, I think our all our information is pretty much on the Instagram as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much yeah. for having uh, for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us, James. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, yeah thank you. Looking forward to hearing the album.